From Gimlet, this is Reply All. I'm PJ Vote. If for some reason you're just listening to this randomly, this is part two of a two-part story. Make sure you go back and listen to part one or nothing you hear will make sense. Okay, here's Shruti. So Michelle and I arrive in this town in North Carolina. Um, it's the middle of June, a Monday, very hot and sticky. Hey, Michelle, how you doing? Good. How was your flight? Good. And just a quick reminder, the reason we've come to this particular town, I'm not going to tell you which one it is, it's because Michelle is after a man named Luis Rodriguez. And after a whole lot of searching, she believes that a woman named Blanca, who lives here, is Luis's shelter. Right. So Michelle's thinking either Luis is at this address that she has for Blanca, like he's living with Blanca and her family. Because you said people stay close to their shelter. Right. Or if he's not there, she's sure that Blanca knows where he is. So her plan is to confront Blanca, scare her, and get her to give up Luis's location. So that's her plan. Michelle tells me she's already checked in with her client, Maria Espinoza, and we are off. We meet up with this former bounty hunter. His name is Dallas McLean. Dallas McLean. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, he's this big dude in his 60s, has a goatee, tells me that he's a voiceover actor on the side. Well, I, do I get a picture with a famous uh, Michelle? Oh. oh. <laughs> so Dallas is going to be Michelle's wingman for this whole trip. And He's just doing it as a favor, like letting her use his office as a home base. And he tells her, like, listen, I'm going to drive you anywhere you need to be. So we go to his car. Wow, you have, you really do live out of your car. I get in the front seat. It's this, like, giant black SUV with, of course, tinted windows. And there's all sorts of bounty hunter stuff in it. A water gun. Oh, no, that's not a water gun. That's a taser. And I got, like, laundry that I'm... Michelle hops in the back, and we head off. The trailer park's about 20 minutes outside of town, and at this point, Michelle is just planning to do a drive-by, like scope out the place and come up with a game plan. She's done all this extra research on Blanca since last time I saw her. Like, at this point, she knows, you know, exactly where Blanca works. Um, She has this extended family tree for Blanca, has her daughter's name. Is there any part of you that's like feels a little nope. kind of bad for her nope. or anything? No, 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 no. It's cold. My heart turns cold. Because um, she's aiding and abetting a fugitive who killed somebody, and she knows it when she could have already, what, four or five years have gone by? She could easily make an anonymous call and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I know about this case. I need for you to come get him, or he works here. Something that some it's right to do, the principal thing. And that's it. We pull into this trailer park. It's like a loop, so we can come out down there. We are slowly driving down this dirt road until we hit this one trailer where, by the number on the door, they know it's Blanca's. And they start to figure out, like, what are the possible escape routes? Dallas keeps driving. Uh, Michelle has her camera out and is taking photos through the window. We see that there's this front porch coming out of the trailer, and there's a little girl there eating ice cream. Little girl about five or six. We loop around and drive by again, and now there's another girl who's come out, an older girl, late teens, and she's also standing on the porch. That's her. Did you get it? Yep, that's the, the 
the daughter, um, Blanca's, Blanca's daughter. There's the dog. He's no problem. And there's woods. just woods behind, yeah, there's like woods behind, thick so woods. This is perfect for them. What does that mean? He's, he's been drawn the run. He knows he's going to be on, in jail. He's been out. The, the idea is to stay out as long as they can. Are we done here? Mm-hmm. We leave the house, and so Michelle now wants to go to the restaurant where Blanca works. She says it's a weekday, and I think she might be there. So we stop by. It's in a mall food court, and the girl behind the counter tells us Blanca just left. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Dallas says, you know what, let's get some food. I know this great Italian restaurant. And then for the next two hours, he and Michelle just tell war stories. Um, and finally, at 9.30, Michelle says to him, hey, I want to go back to the trailer. I want to see it at night and see who's living there besides Blanca's family. First, they get their gear together. Dallas opens the trunk of the uh, car. I left my binoculars. I have binoculars. Okay. I got some night vision. Yeah, I got night vision too. And water, uh, water resistant. Let me see. We head back to the trailer park. Again, I'm up front. Michelle's sitting in the back, and she puts on a badge. It's a Texas investigator badge, but it looks a lot like a police badge. We're almost there. What are you gonna do, Michelle? No, I'm just. I don't. I don't ever like. I notice that you always like. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I'm calm. I'm very calm. You know. You want to pull in the driveway or stay on the street? What you could do in the driveway. We just sit the there next. in the car in front of the house, just watching. It's pitch black. And then Michelle just opens the door, jumps out, and starts marching towards the front door. She's got her cell phone in her hand, and she's using it like a flashlight. Hello? Hola? Hello? Hello? The whole trailer's dark except for this one light that's on in the back, and in front of us is this giant beware of dog sign. It's uh, 10 of 6. It's late. Do you think I might be sleeping? Yeah. It's okay. We'll get in tomorrow morning. She seems pretty satisfied, and we walk back to the car, and just when we're about to get inside... Oh, somebody, somebody. The front door opens, but we can't see who it is. No, no, good boy, good boy. Go Mimi, 
Go Mimi. It's this older girl we'd seen earlier. She's here with this dog, looking extremely confused and disheveled, like as if she'd just been woken up out of bed. And then Michelle shows her the photograph of Luis. Luis Alberto Rodriguez? No. And the girl says, no, I've never heard of this person. And at that point, this middle-aged lady in a nightgown comes out looking completely scared. Michelle has her badge out, and they get into this whole back and forth. Blanca's saying she does not recognize this photo of Louise either, and... She clearly has no idea what Michelle is asking about. She's like, I'm not from Honduras. And I'm legal. And she tells Michelle, come into my house and I'll show you my papers. And we sit down in their dining room. Her husband's out, the whole family's out. There's like six different people there. And they're all taking out all their paperwork. Like there's driver's licenses, work permits. Just like all proof that they're allowed to be here. Exactly. And Michelle is like taking photos of all their documents. And then through the front door walks in this young looking guy. That's Tomas. Turns out the guy we thought was Blanca's husband is actually her son. You're speaking about Michelle. Yes, okay, perfect. Here you go. Michelle starts okay. asking him all these questions and finds out like this person has the same first and last name as Tomas, that guy that she's been thus far theorizing as the partner in crime of Luis. But this guy is not Honduran. He's from El Salvador. He's like 20 years younger than we expected. Definitely the wrong guy. I look over at Michelle. I mean, she has just barged into an innocent family's house in the middle of the night with a badge. I am mortified and confused. But Michelle seems almost excited. Like, she pivots immediately to this new theory. The original Tomas, who she was looking for, the friend of Louise's, he must have stolen this kid's identity. And um, you're the victim here for identity fraud. And Michelle starts giving this kid security advice. She was like, okay, so here's what you need to do. You need to write a letter to all these credit bureaus and tell them, like, your social security number is compromised. Uh, I mean, at one point, he's giving her his contact info so she can get back to him about things. And now you don't use Yahoo. It's no good. You get hacked so many times. Yeah, you need to change. Go to Hushmail. Or do you go to tour? You know, are you good at computer savvy? The whole family is just wrapped. Like, they seem really grateful for all this advice. And they just keep saying thank you so much. <laughs> I go, your bank, your holders bank for the way you I owe him. We're there for two okay. hours. Wow. By the end of it, they all lined up around her. Okay, everybody say cheese. And took photos. Great. Okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna share a photo? Yeah. Here. Oh wow. <laughs> it looks like a family photo. It is a family photo. It's like absolutely looks like someone was like, all right, let's go to Sears and get our photo taken. <laughs> 
We leave the house. It's midnight by that point. Michelle is in a great mood. To me, the whole thing still felt like a mistake. The next morning, it's back to the drawing board. We station ourselves in the kitchen of Dallas's office, and Michelle, she's working on a laptop, and this time, she says, she's going a different route. She's found a new lead, a guy named Tony. He's an actual friend of actual Louise, an old friend, but he's willing to help track him down. Playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome back to the show. So, where we left off, Michelle and I were sitting in Dallas's office. There's coffee there. Well, and she was about to call this guy named Tony. And here's who that is. Remember how the court lowered Luis's bail? Tony, who was his friend and co-worker, he actually appeared in court early on to testify on Luis's behalf. Hello? Hi, sir. My name is Michelle Gomez. I need to speak with you regarding um, the situation with Mr. Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah. Me puede ayudar, por favor? Okay, you know you know Luis really good, verdad? 
and Rodriguez. Yeah. You testified yeah. on his behalf as a credible person. Right. Why did you do that? What happened no, there? He was, he, was, he was a good person. He was good people to hang out with and, uh, you know, you'd go over there and drink with him and, you know, he'd hang out with everybody, talk nice to everybody and stuff. He wasn't, yeah, he couldn't, he wasn't aggressive or nothing. Okay. How did you feel when he was gone? Like, shit, man, he burnt me. He played me stupid. He plays the people real good and everything, and then uh, he runs from when he gets in trouble. He says the last time he saw Louise was the night just before he took off. I seen him about 1.30 that morning. We had a beer and stuff, and he said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Bullshit. They were gone the next day. Okay. Him, all of them. The next day he found out that Louise, his wife, his two kids... Um, had just got in a van and, like, left. So it was planned. Okay. Um, anything else that might help me to, to find him as far as what his what, what he would do? Well, yeah, the last time the guy that seen him, he was in Tennessee. His wife's still here. Marina's in Tennessee. Yeah. He says if you can find the wife, Louise would be close by because... They have a little daughter. If you could get a hold of his wife, you might get lucky, man. Because the, the man loved the shit out of his daughter, and he's not going to let go of his daughter for nothing. Okay. He's been a good dad. He was a good dad, believe me. He's a good person. Dude, he's a real good person in, in real life. He's a good person. He really is. But uh, the only thing is that when he killed this man, the other people told him he was going to do life in prison and all kinds of shit, and he didn't want to go do it, so he had that. Yeah. Was he afraid of being deported? Yep, yep, because they want to kill him back home. They killed his mom and everything. Oh, my God. Tony said he didn't know all the details, but it was something related to these drug gangs, like maybe MS-13, and that they'd killed Louise's mother in front of him. That is so sad. No, he could plead down. The the United States will protect him. Yeah. And he got hit with a machete across the top of the head. He's got scars that big. Oh, my God. What a story. So he's scared of everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, they can't deport him because, mira, si él, él clamó, reclamó que, um, si él reclamó que tiene miedo en su país, no lo van a dejar ir para atrás. Michelle's saying because Luis is afraid of the violence in his country, in Honduras, that there's no way the U.S. is just going to dump him over there. If, if, he, if he calls you by some chance, by some light of day, you have my number, okay? Um, yeah. There's some kind of hope, but yet he has to do some time. He has to be punished. Yeah. I hope you do get him, man. Let me know if you do. Call me up. Let me know something. I will. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We got off the phone and... I was really confused that that Michelle was so sympathetic towards Louise. Yeah, I feel like it could be like a tactic. Like she's trying to convince Tony she's on Louise's side. Yeah, but I couldn't tell because she was actually tearing up. But after that call, she says, you know, Tony's given us this big clue. And from now on, I'm going to focus on finding Louise's wife and daughter. She spends the next like five hours on this laptop. By 6 p.m., she confirms that, yes, they are in Tennessee, but she still doesn't know what town. We head back to the hotel, and Michelle keeps working, like, keeps hammering away at this question. She's barely talking to me. And then at 1 a.m., 
Oh. She, oh, it's grabbing my dog. Yes. She uh-huh. gets this phone call from her daughter, which starts off normal, but very quickly it turns super emotional. Her daughter is crying, says that she's decided to move to this other city. Finally, Michelle turns to me and says, listen, I need to stop. I need to go home to Texas. And as soon as I get home and say goodbye to my daughter, I'm going to make arrangements to take off to Tennessee. Do you feel like you, do you feel like anything happened today that makes you feel differently about him or about your yeah. search for him? He's had a rough life. He has had, you know, he's, he's witnessed the death of his mother right in front of him. I don't know what age that happened, but um, it, it was emotional to know that. Yeah. It's emotional because he's had a rough life, you know, and shit happens to everybody. But um, he he needs to he needs to pay for his crime, for the accident, for the closure of this story. You know the family. Um, he needs to face you know the justice system, um, in terms and, and and grow from that. You know he's been running all his life. There's always a day where you can start over and repair it. And and that day I the day I confront him, is the day he's going to start because I'm gonna sit with him as a friend. He's gonna be able to, he's probably gonna rest because usually they usually tell me, I'm glad you found me now I can rest. Yeah, you're gonna be sleeping in jail, you know? And that's the good part. And I'm probably gonna make another friend. I really am, I really do believe it. I'll probably have a photo album with him. <laughs> you're a confusing lady. Uh, Michelle, no. yeah, I, I, um, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. I mean, I'm not the police, you know? I'm not a, a mean person. My life is about doing what I do best, and that's finding the person. The next morning, I fly back to New York. Michelle goes back to Texas, and she says, I'm going to plan for this Tennessee trip. I was very curious how the Remembrance Project would feel about Michelle's new empathy towards Luis. But by that point, Maria Espinoza stopped taking my calls. This was in June, right about the time she found herself in this controversy. A bunch of her families had turned on her. Um, Like, there's this political article where they say they felt like Maria was harboring political ambitions and that she was using them to get close to Trump. Maria told me, I don't want to talk to you until I hear your final story. Michelle and I, however, we kept checking in regularly. Well, I have a lot of cases. Um, I have a lot of deadlines and I have a lot of cases and these clients, they they all need me. You know, they're, they're... They haven't, they're like, this year, my last hope. When I called her in early July, Michelle was completely overworked. She said she was having migraines, but she said she's still finding time to search for Louise. And she told me, I looked into it. He's definitely not in Tennessee. I'm going to be brief with you because I'm waiting for a call. In September, she told me, I found his sons on Facebook. I'm watching them. I think Luis has fled the U.S. Now I'm 90% sure he's in Spain. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm 90% sure he's in Spain. It's because the way the family is re-responding. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. Have you been texting with the son, or what, what communication are you having with his son? Um, 
little little uh, catfish lines here and there. I'm going to say it like that. <laughs> you know what that means? No. When you catfish somebody and you bring information out. You mean you're... Without alarming them. Do you mean you're pretending to be somebody else? No, I'm uh, catfishing him in a place where he doesn't know who I am. He didn't even ask me who I am. At one point, she told me, I'm so close to figuring out his address. And I have this, like, local investigator there on the ground, and he's helping me. He's going to have to um, take pictures. And if he confirms Luis, oh, my God, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to scream. I got to report this to Miss Maria. Yeah. Um, And let her know. Yeah. We'd also talk about the things that she said that night in North Carolina about how the U.S. would protect Louise, let him stay. I was wondering if you still feel that way. Like, if he claims asylum, fear of life, for his life, you know, to go back, they're going to protect him. No doubt. I explained to Michelle, I've been talking to a bunch of lawyers, and they all tell me it's almost certain that Louise will not get asylum. And I said, does that worry you? And she said, yes. I would be worried for him because... I would be part of that, I would be part of putting that cub back into the lion's den, you know? Um, I would worry for his life. Because he's a human being, Ruthie, you know, we all make mistakes. You can't bring Joe's story back. What you can do is have closure for the story family and say, you know what? There is remorse in Mr. Um, Rodriguez's heart. Does it make your job a little harder, Michelle? Because, like... There is this risk that you know that he like that he will be sent back to the lion's den. It's a responsibility. Um, I know that I can find him, and um, it's emotional for me sometimes because I can say, you know, that tomorrow's going to be the day you go to jail. Um, this guy Luis is. He's he's going to be locked up abroad first in Spain, then in, extradited over here and de- be deported. Who knows? I may be the one who ends his life by sending him back. And if they kill him, I'm going to be part of that responsibility. I'll never know that. And I don't want to know that. When I would hear Michelle talk about Louise like this, I would think, wow, you have more sympathy for him than I do. You know, a a drunk driver, allegedly, who killed someone, ran. How is it that you work for, of all people, Maria Espinoza? You know, Michelle seemed to feel like America had some kind of duty to protect Louise. But Maria and the Remembrance Project, their whole thing is, why? You know, Louise, we owe him nothing. We need to protect American families. That guy, he's not supposed to be here. And these two ideas seemed really contradictory. Like, this country fights over them constantly. But I realized that from Michelle, they're not contradictory. Like, they exist equally in her mind. So to her, it makes perfect sense that she's worrying about Louise, but also hunting him down for Maria. I want to be part of this agenda because you cannot come to the United States and break the law. You will, you will, be, you will be punished. 
And we're going to make Luis Alberto Rodriguez an example of what's going to happen to you if your case comes in my hands. I want to be part of of something good that says, you know what, Mr. Trump is trying to do something. I still don't know all of his agenda because it changes all the time and he's careless with his statements. But there's something that we have to fight for. And, and, And that's justice for Mr. Joe's story. He didn't deserve to die that day. So Michelle feels this absolute clarity. This is what she needs to do. She is going to get Luis's address somehow. She's going to fly to Spain and capture him. The thing is, it's been nine months of hearing Michelle say that she's sure she can get him. I am not 100% sure. It does seem like a very complicated task, especially because he's now out of the country. And on top of that, the Remembrance Project seems to have lost some of that steam that it had in the, you know, early days of the Trump victory. So it's almost like there was this giant target kind of laser-focused on Louise, and now it's just lost its focus. But that's not the end of the story. Can I tell you this crazy thing that just happened? Okay. So I was just doing routine fact-checking stuff, like just trying to confirm the most basic fact about Luis Rodriguez, just that he's undocumented. Everybody had told me this. It was in the court records. But I just couldn't figure out where this piece of information had come from. I had met with people from ICE, and so I asked them for info on Luis's status, and they said, sure, we'll look into it. And through the weeks, they were clearly working on it, like trying to run down this info. And then just two days ago, they wrote to me saying, hey, listen, our hands are tied. Due to privacy restrictions, we're unable to comment. I called Chris Story, like how had she first heard that Luis was undocumented? She couldn't remember But she did remember this thing that at first she thought was bullshit. Um, A cop had told her that the reason they couldn't, like, report Louise to ICE is that he had some kind of special something, like special papers. Special papers. Yeah. That cop, he was a captain, retired years ago. But I found his 80-year-old mom— She found him, and he told me it was a protected status. Louise had a protected status. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant, but I found a law enforcement source who was able to confirm what he had. All right. Louise Rodriguez had a temporary protected status. It's not asylum. It's a little different. It's a temporary thing that the U.S. offers to citizens of certain countries that have experienced disaster, like an earthquake in Haiti, civil war in El Salvador, um, Hurricane Mitch in Honduras. Like, it doesn't matter how you entered the U.S., legally or illegally. Once you're here, you can apply for this temporary protected status, and you'd be allowed to live and work here. And Louise had this. Yes. So, so the central fact of this entire story was wrong. He was not undocumented. Wow. He, Maria Espinosa's poster child is now not really a poster child at all. No. 
So everything was supposed to be simple. Turns out it wasn't. But Chris Story is sure of one thing. Six years ago, a guy killed her brother and walked away. Her friends told her that she needed to move on, and the DA stopped returning her calls. It seemed like she was the only person who cared about this. Until one day, this woman showed up who was so eager to listen, and she told her this story is worth something. She wanted the whole country to hear it. I spoke to Chris last night. I told her about Louise's status. I had no idea how she would respond. But she said, you know, it really does not matter. This guy killed my brother and did not even stick around to apologize. That is the point of this story. What else do you need to know? Michelle says her plan is the same. If she does end up finding Louise, we'll let you know. The Vial is hosted by me, PJ Vogt, and Alex Goldman. We were produced this week by Shruti Pinamanani, Fia Benin, Damiano Marchetti, and Austin Mitchell. Production help from John Hanrahan. Our editor is Tim Howard. Our intern is Anna Foley. Fact-checking by Michelle Harris. And the show is mixed by Kate Belinsky. We are currently looking to hire a new producer to join our team. If you're interested, we'll have a job listing up on the website by the end of the week. We're definitely looking for somebody who already has experience making radio. Special thanks this week to Hans Lenartz, Russ Lay, Vedia Gulapali, Dominic Powell, Gene Johnson, Barbara Gonzalez, Nick Coolish, and Emily Kennedy. Matt Lieber is a dog who sleeps on your keyboard. Our theme song is by the Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our ad music is by Build Buildings. You can find more episodes of the show wherever you found this episode of the show. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. I think someone's covering us from that hill. Oh, look out. We're gonna hide in that cave. Ready? Three, two, one. I think they shot up our piano. Let's hide out here. I can't think of anything else to do. Yes. Yes, I do want to make rock music with you. I don't hear anything. Do you think they're gone? Who the hell was that?